This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Fowler, and today we're going to talk about Georgia's voting data and some eye-popping numbers. Because I really love to count. Sometimes I sit and count all day. (laughs) But uh, sometimes I get carried away. There have been more than 2.3 million people that have cast a ballot already in Georgia, according to the Secretary of State's office. There are more than 7.4 million people registered to vote, 2,656 precincts and 2,391 polling places, 300-something early voting locations spread across 159 counties, and those are just some of the data points about Georgia that are readily available. So there's a lot of activity happening in the younger groups. That's not to say that we're gonna suddenly see, you know, 20 year olds voting at a 70% clip because that's not gonna happen, but we are seeing more activity uh, among the younger cohorts so far. So how do journalists, campaigns, and amateur election watchers know so much about who has voted, who hasn't, and how those things have changed? I talked with Ryan Anderson, who runs GeorgiaVotes.com, a site that has gained popularity for its tracking of early voting numbers, comparing them to past elections, and providing demographic insights into who is casting their ballots. So GeorgiaVotes.com is a domain that I've had for a while, um, honestly, and never knew really what to do with. And around... June or July of 2018, someone had noticed that, you know, every now and then I post some data around politics stuff or voting information. They brought up the idea of, can you look at voting uh, and absentee voting in particular behavior as it's happening in the state of Georgia? And I said, well, actually, yes, that is something that that we can do. Um, And so suddenly I had a, a concept to use for the site. By day, Anderson works in marketing and analytics, so he's familiar with databases and spreadsheets. But his side project has given Georgians plenty to look at and think about for the election. And so now what it does and what it has done for every major statewide election since 2018 is catalog the absentee request and uh, submitted early ballots, so both by mail or in person, uh, across the state of Georgia. And we try to kind of break those out by geographic regions, whether that is county, legislative district, uh, U.S. House district, um, and demographics. So uh, male, female, the four different races or ethnicities that the voter file captures. So um, white, non-Hispanic, black, non-Hispanic, Hispanic, Asian, and then kind of a bucket of other and unknown. Um, And then some age bands, so basically, moving up in 10 or 15 year increments from 18 to 30 year olds all the way up to 65 plus. Who we vote for is secret. So how do people like Ryan Anderson know just how many 18 to 30 year old white people voted in Tolliver County last Tuesday, for example? There are actually three different lists that we end up using in some way, shape or form, two of which are free and available to everybody. One of which is a not super expensive $250. Um, So starting with what is free and available to everybody, are the voter history files, which give you um, information on whether or not someone has voted in an election and what method they used to vote. So did you vote absentee? Uh, Did you vote provisional? Um, 
and then what was the date of the election and the type of election. So um, there are 10 different ways that they signify what the type of election is from special uh, primaries to general runoffs, right? Everything that could get put together ends up in there. That's connected to an eight-digit voter ID. That uh, voter ID gets matched up to the voter list, which is the piece that you have to purchase. Um, So that's available for $250 from the Secretary of State. Every state in the country makes their voter file available in some way, shape, or form. A lot of them are much cheaper than $250. Some of them are much, much, much more expensive, Uh, like the state of Alabama, which is uh, one penny per voter, which sounds cheap, and then you realize it's like $35,000 to get their voter list. So that voter list file contains uh, obviously the eight-digit voter ID, and then it matches it up to the information that you have to provide to vote. So that's where we have people's uh, demographics. That's information like birth year, gender, and ethnicity, plus precincts, state house and senate districts, even your local city council information. And then the third piece, which is what we use a lot for this uh, work, is the absentee file. That is also made available for free by the state of Georgia. Um, It gives you information on, uh, so you have your voter ID again, and then you have information on their kind of movement through the process. So you can have an application date. When did you submit your application? You can have a ballot issue date. When did that ballot go out to you? And then you can have your ballot date, which is when that ballot was uh, processed upon return. For your application and your ballot, those can also be accepted, canceled, spoiled, or or rejected. So um, they have four possible statuses of those. So what we try to do is just keep track of how many absentees have come in by the absentee date. Are those accepted? Uh, how many ballots have been returned and processed from that ballot date, and how many of those are accepted. So that's how we know that more than 1.6 million people have requested an absentee ballot, more than 800,000 have returned it, and just how many people in your specific precinct have already voted. But, as Anderson points out, that data has an important limit. If you just look at the voter files, uh, both the history files that are made available and the voter list themselves, even what you pay for, you don't know, you have no idea who someone voted for. You don't even know what races within an election day someone necessarily voted in, right? So when people go to the polls in November, they're going to have a presidential election and two Senate elections. Everyone in the state of Georgia is going to have those three races. We have no idea which of those three you voted in, if you voted in all three, if you skipped one of the races for whatever reason. Um, So not only do we not know who you voted for, we don't know which of those races you actually participated in, just that you pulled a ballot and submitted it. Um, The one piece of data that we do get is what party ballot you pull for a primary. So we know if someone requests a Republican or a Democrat uh, party ballot for their primary. But again, no information on um, who they vote for as a part of that primary. Um, and that kind of makes up for the fact that we basically don't have registered parties in Georgia. There are other things Georgia's absentee file can tell you that election watchers find useful, like ballots that have been rejected for things like missing signatures. That's a really important metric for some people to watch to understand what's going on in different counties. You know, we have. 159 counties that are staffed by 159 different groups of election officials who are kind of implementing the state's rules, however they read them, right? Um, Not that anyone's doing this in a necessarily, you know, um, uh, 
I'm gonna start that over. <clears throat> not that anyone is not that anyone is necessarily doing this in a purposefully, you know, difficult manner. Um, and in a lot of cases, we actually don't see certain counties putting in all of the rejections that they are probably processing. Um, but you know, there are folks out there who are looking at this to find anomalies to say, hey, this county is rejecting applications or rejecting votes at a much higher rate. Uh, you know, we find that a month out from the election, there's time to reach out to those voters and get them to correct their ballot or go vote in person to help, you know, have a provisional record of that. Um, or to reach out to the counties and understand what's happening. Why? Is this a procedure that's being misread? Is there some other problem in their processing um, department? You know, being able to catch these things ahead of time, um, I think just allows everyone to feel better about the actual election uh, results once they come in. So what can the average person do with all of this voting data? Ryan Anderson says there are some takeaways that we can see from who is voting early. Yeah, so I will say there's a couple interesting things um, to note here. First of all, by far the most common group of voters in general, but also people who use vote by mail, have been 65 and older. Um, that is continuing now, no surprise, because if you were over the age of 65 um, or had other specific um, you know, disability conditions, you were eligible to request that uh, a ballot for every single race the rest of the calendar year would come to you automatically. So you didn't have to fill out an additional application. So a whole bunch of folks who were 65 plus already got a ballot in the mail and basically had an automatic application for the November um, election. There's also higher turnout among younger voters, too. But one of the coolest things GeorgiaVotes.com shows a surge in people that were non-voters. As of this week, more than 20% of the votes cast have been from people that did not participate in the 2016 presidential race. And with millions of these votes coming before Election Day, Anderson says that will help speed up the process for counting votes once the polls close. So that's another big piece here, right, is that as these um accepted ballots come in earlier, the counties are gonna be able to start processing and tabulating them um, ahead of the you know, 7 p.m. on election night, which has typically been the case and was one of the main reasons that we saw some counties have major issues in reporting results. Um, so if we can see more ballots coming in earlier and there's an earlier time frame to start pro uh, actually tabulating those results, you know, I do think we're going to have a much quicker return of a large percentage of votes. So if you want to see how your county stacks up, visit georgiavotes.com and see the numbers yourself. I'm Stephen Fowler. This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. You can subscribe to our show at gpb.org battleground or anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Our editor is Wayne Drash. Our intern is Eva Rothenberg. The show is mixed by Jesse Neiswanger, and the director of podcasting is Sean Powers. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.